0: Well, hi, friends, and welcome. It's here, a Trophy Life podcast, and this is our premier edition, and we're so thankful uh, that you're here with us to talk basketball and keep up to date with all the goings-on of the Naismith Trophy presentations and what's up with the Atlanta Tip-Off Club, and it's my pleasure to host this for you. My name is Bob Rathbun, and it's great to, to have you with us. This is going to be special as we roll right through the year. Uh, we don't stop at the end of college basketball. We'll go on uh, every month uh, with our podcast. So great to have you with us, and uh, let's get started. Uh, the first bit of business is some club news, and we want to remind everyone to keep up with the updates. Yesterday, we announced the Jersey Mike's Naismith Trophy for Girls High School Player of the Year has taken another step. We have released the 25-player midseason team, and that will be reduced to ten in early February, so keep up to date with that. Coming out Thursday, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, tomorrow, the boys midseason team will be announced, so look out for that. The college basketball season, as you know, is well underway, but now the college football is finally finished, uh, we can really concentrate uh our total focus on the college basketball season now, and uh, it's been nuts. Fran Freshilla from ESPN is going to be our guest. He'll join us in just a minute, but some of the things that have been going on in college uh, basketball have been absolutely crazy. We've had six different number one teams in the first eight weeks of the season. If you look at the ACC standings, North Carolina is tied for last. They just lost to Clemson at home. First time that's ever happened. Clemson was 0-59 in games played against Carolina in Chapel Hill. The Baylor women, they went to UConn and won, and they ended the Huskies' 98-game home court winning streak. Last season, they beat Connecticut to end a 126-game regular season win streak. Uh, back in November, we had massive upsets with Stephen F. Austin winning at Duke and Evansville winning at Kentucky, and here's little Butler. Remember when they went to the Final Four? Well, this year, not much was thought of Butler. They were picked 8th in the preseason by the Big East coaches. They are number 6 in the country as we record this today. And what's crazy about that is when they went to -to back-to-back Final Fours, they were never higher than 11th. This year, they are rated number 6 in the country. We'll talk about that and a lot of other great things with Fran in just a moment. A Trophy Life is brought to you by Citizen Watch, proud sponsor of the Citizen Naismith Player of the Year Awards. Citizen EcoDrive watches are powered by light and never need a battery. Visit us at CitizenWatch.com. Citizen. Better starts now. Well, he's one of my favorite people in this business. Uh, We get the chance to work together from time to time. Just love Fran Priscilla, And I couldn't think of a better person to have with us. On our first podcast, to talk about the game, bring us up to date, and get us ready for conference play as we get to mid January. So, without further ado, let's listen in with my chat with Fran Freshilla. Well, it is a joy and delight to welcome in a man that uh, we're so thrilled to have for our initial guest on our Trophy Life podcast. ESPN's Fran Freshilla joins us. Franny, how are you?
1: Bob, I am outstanding. Anytime I get a chance to talk basketball with you, it is a good day, and uh, I'm actually in your state right now, driving down I-75 on my way to Athens, Georgia, for the Tennessee Vols and the Bulldogs on.
0: Tonight, well, that is. Uh, I was just going to say, you're you're going to be all over the air tonight from Stugman Coliseum. That's outstanding. Absolutely. Well, you we're excited to have you in Raleigh. Yep. I will be. I've got uh, I've got Miami and NC State tonight, so we'll both be working at the same time. I hate to seal your audience away from you, but
1: uh. <laughs> well, <laughs> with your talent, I'm 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 concerned. But uh, there's still there's there's room enough for two superstars.
0: I think you'll be okay. I know. I know you got, you've got got the Ant-Man tonight to deal with, so yeah, it'll be <laughs> that'll fun. be fun.
1: Looking forward to the Ant-Man and uh, and uh, Tom Crean's young Georgia Bulldogs, so I'm ready to
0: go. And two of your best buddies going head-to-head in that game. Rick
1: Barnes of Tennessee and Tom Crean, two guys I've known a very long time, and uh, both at football schools. And you know what I always say, you know, basketball at Georgia and Tennessee doesn't start until the final bowl game, so... Uh you know, both of these teams now are, you know, trying to get some wins in the SEC. And uh, both both coaches will do an outstanding job. Tom's rebuilding, and Rick has already rebuilt to an SEC title team a year ago. And uh, looking forward to seeing both of those gentlemen.
0: Fran, for a lot of fans, now that the National Championship football game is over, they turn their attention to college basketball. And so we thought we'd take a little time to get caught up on some of the trends that we're seeing and what's going on in our game um, one of the big things is moving the three-point line back and the effects that it's had on the offense. What's your take on what you're seeing around the country?
1: Well, I think it's had an effect. There's no question. Uh, we thought uh, this is one of those unintended consequences things. Uh, many of us felt the line was too close, even though shooting and scoring has been up in recent years. And uh, the idea that we'd move it back to the feeble line, give it some uniformity, at least in amateur basketball, and might own up the floor spacing, uh, much like you see every night in the NBA as you cover the Atlanta Hawks. Um, but it's kind of had the reverse effect, uh, shooting percentages are plummeting, um, really good shooters affected much by the line. Um, but the average shooters have been really affected and the average shooters in the past couple of years have now become below average. And, uh, quite frankly, the games have been a little bit more muddied and uglier and, uh, we're seeing a little lower scoring. And I also think, you know, there's no great, great one-and-done lock, you know, lock uh, uh, players like a Zion last year. It could be Anthony Edwards, but there's, uh, you know, some other guys that are not playing in college that could buy for that number one pick. Um, but interestingly enough, Bob, 84 kids enter, uh 84 kids th- decided to stay in the NBA draft as early entries. And only 40 of those guys got drafted. The other 44 now are probably in the G League, Europe, et cetera. And that's a big talent drain, I think. That's the most kids I can ever remember staying in the draft. So I think we're there right now, but I think it'll all sort its of out over the next couple of years. And uh, we've had up and down cycles in college basketball before.
0: One of the other big stories on the men's side is the fact that there's been no dominant team to date. We've had a half a dozen clubs uh, move to the number one spot in the polls. Um, yeah, no dominant team, but that seems to suggest Fran, that you're going to have a wide open NCAA tournament.
1: Well, I think that's true. There's no, there's no Duke with Zion and Cam Reddish and RJ Barrett. And while that's great for TV ratings and, uh, I'm sure there's some lamentation on the part of TV executives that there isn't a dominant team. I think it certainly opens up college basketball for lots of balance Parity, upsets, surprising scores, which we've seen a few of already this year. And as you indicated, you know, when six different teams have been the number one team in the country over the early part of the season, I think it says something about, you know, the lack of invincibility among the elite clubs
0: this year. Give us some of the teams that uh, we should keep an eye on as this thing gets going in conference play
1: let's start from off the radar a little bit, you know, teams from mid majors, uh, type of type of level. Cause I do think this is the year with all this balance we've talked about that we could see a BCU or a Wichita state or a, a Butler, uh type of team get to the final four of this year. And uh, a couple teams that jump out at me right away. Dayton, the Flyers have a terrific team led by OB Toppin, who, uh, Put on a show in Maui uh, in front of 30 NBA teams. And right now it's probably comfortably ensconced in the lottery. And uh, Dayton's got a really good club coach by Anthony Grant, former player there. Uh, San yes. Diego State, undefeated San Diego State. You know, Steve Fisher did an amazing job. His first uh, lieutenant, Brian Dutcher, is in year three right now. And San Diego State on the West Coast, not a lot of people know about them, but they are one of two undefeated teams along with Auburn as we head into mid-January, and uh, they certainly have a team that can go very far. We know Gonzaga, out of the WCC, is always a Final Four contender. I really like them a lot, and uh, I do think it's going to be that kind of year that uh, you're going to see uh, potential surprises getting very, very deep into this tournament.
0: Is Baylor one of those clubs, Fran?
1: Yeah, at the power conference level, Bob, that's a great point. Uh Baylor is one of those teams. Scott Drew's done a remarkable job with building Baylor basketball. Uh, they had only been to four NCAA tournaments in the previous 100 or so years, and they now, under Scott Drew, I don't know if it's eight or nine appearances, two Elite Eights, they're they they're a staple. And they've got great guards this year. Uh, they've got some great wins, five wins over the top 25, including two last week at... Hard places to win. Texas Tech and Kansas. First time in their history they've beaten KU and Allen Fieldhouse. So they are one of those teams. I think Duke's really good. Uh, they are a young team, and I, I, I kind of I'm, I'm a little biased against young teams winning at all. Uh, we saw recent history with Villanova, Virginia, North Carolina, all being older teams, but they're certainly talented enough to do it. I think Seton Hall's got a tremendous club in the Big East. Um, really good team. They've got a potential National Player of the Year candidate in Miles Powell. So I like them. Uh, can't ever discount what Kansas does. They're a staple. Uh, ACC, you got Louisville, another old team I like. And then, of course, I know you you follow Big Ten basketball really closely, and uh, that's kind of an unusual year in that league, Bob.
0: It really is. What do you make of the fact Fran, that we've seen such crazy margins of victory. Uh, We saw Michigan State just get annihilated at Purdue, and yet Purdue goes to, you know, they go on the road and and they get thumped. Is there anything to that? Well, I think when
1: Michigan State loses by 29 to anybody in the Tom Izzo era, I, I would call that an aberration. But I would say that of all the major conferences, particularly this year, but even historically, winning on the road in the Big Ten is probably as hard to do as any conference in college basketball because almost all of those teams get great home court advantages, great crowds, and uh it just is just a tradition of being hard to win in that league and on the road. And I think that's what you have this year, particularly because you have so many good teams in that league. Uh we know about Michigan State, we know about Ohio State, who's in a mini slump right now, Purdue certainly. Maryland's been good in recent years, but all of a sudden Penn State and Rutgers and even Minnesota who played a brutal schedule early has uh had some big wins uh in, in the barn. Iowa's a good team. Uh you know, you go right through the list and there's a lot of good ba- Indiana's probably on its way back under Arch Miller. So I just think it's a really balanced league this year. The only concern I would have for the league is cannibalism. Mm-hmm. They they were the best team statistically and analytically in the non-conference, and I think while it looks like there's 10 or 11 teams that can get to the NCAA tournament, there's probably going to be some teams that knock each other off to the point where somebody's just going to have too many losses because the league go good.
0: What's going on with the Buckeyes? They're on the struggle bus.
1: Yeah, they were off to a great start. Uh really like their team. Big guy, Caleb Wesson, terrific young guards. uh and then I think there have been the, they've been the, I think the schedule has bitten them, you know, the psychology of the schedule, I always say, uh, sometimes you, there's parts of your schedule that look like they're going to be really favorable and other parts of the schedule. You go, Oh boy, we could struggle here and you just got to fight through it. And uh, they have struggled starting with the end of December loss to West Virginia uh, losses at Maryland uh, loss, lost to Wisconsin uh, so, uh, they've got to, they got to write their ship and, uh, the schedule will turn back around for them, but, uh, you know, I think that's anytime you go through that, you can lose your confidence because they were as confident as anybody the first three weeks of the season.
0: Well, friend, we are thrilled to have you on this podcast. We're thrilled to have you in the great state of Georgia today, and we're thrilled to have you back in the great state of Georgia. We're so excited with the final four coming here in April, we can't stand it, and, uh, so looking forward to the conference season then the tournaments and, and get onto the NCAA. So thank you, friend. We appreciate you.
1: Always great talking basketball with you, Bob. And then my, my biggest decision today is I've got to figure out as I drive down I-75, which cracker barrel do I stop at? <laughs> if I can handle I think I'll be able to get through the rest of my day, but uh, always a pleasure uh, talking hoops and uh, we'll do it again soon.
0: And thank you, sir, for all you do for the club. It's uh It's just great what you do for us.
1: I look forward to seeing everybody at the Atlanta Tip-Off Club in a couple months.
0: Okay, pal. Safe travels. We'll be watching you on ESPN.
1: Thanks so much.
0: Fran, thank you very much. So great having Fran on the show with us to bring us all up to date on what's happening in the college basketball scene nationally. And we've got more of this coming every week here on the A Trophy Life podcast. My guest next week is going to be Andy Katz. Andy now with Fox Sports and the NCAA and of course, wall-to-wall blanket coverage of the college game, so we'll learn even more from Andy next week. I want to remind everybody to please subscribe to the podcast. It helps us in so many ways. And rate us, too. Uh, a five-star rating is very helpful, make us feel good, but more importantly, it will enable us to reach more fans. They'll find out more about us and where we exist in the podcasting realm. So it's very important that you rate us, and uh, we'll get more and more subscribers, and Have more and more people enjoy the great game of basketball. So that's it for this week. We'll see you again next Wednesday. Hope your week goes great. Enjoy the games, and we'll see you next week.